All right, all right. Happy Monday and welcome to Newsmax Daily for 5-22-2023, the 21st Monday of the year. Hope you had a wonderful weekend doing the things you love to do as we get closer and closer to summer each new Monday really feels more and more like a Monday, right? With weekends getting busier and more fun. Although I am fortunate enough to live in Florida where it is almost always summer. As we kick off the new week, today is National Maritime Day, commemorating the sea, the people who work on and around the sea, and the effect that it has had on the lives and well-being of all mankind. Today is also National Solitaire Day, marking the timeless classic that has helped people pass the time for hundreds of years. In Charles Dickens' 1864 Great Expectations, one of the characters is actually playing the game of solitaire, although it was called Patience back then, and you do need some patience to play it. But if you play, celebrate the day by dealing yourself a game or two. Did you happen to catch the crewed SpaceX rocket launch yesterday from Cape Canaveral? Three, two, one, engines full power, and liftoff Falcon 9, go Axiom. Go Axiom. Axiom is another private space company that's responsible for launching the four astronauts on a capsule on top of the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket that will rendezvous with the International Space Station today. Three of the astronauts are paying passengers 50 million bucks. The fourth is Peggy Whitson, a former NASA astronaut who is now Axiom's director of human flight. Whitson has spent more time in space than any other American, 665 days in space. The Axe 2 mission, as it's called, is also carrying the first woman from Saudi Arabia into space. And let's go back to Friday for a moment and hashtag leave Elon alone. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you need to go back and listen to Friday's podcast. By the way, on National Work From Home Day, Elon Musk said he thinks working from home is morally wrong because service workers have to show up every day. As do, this is me adding it in, as do first responders and all frontline workers. And as always, we thank you for that. Anyway, all of this privatization of space is so amazing, led by Elon Musk's SpaceX. All right, also in the news, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he spoke with President Biden over the weekend as he traveled back from the G7. My discussion with the president, I think, was productive. We agreed that he and I are going to get together tomorrow later in the afternoon. Tomorrow being today, that meeting is set for late this afternoon, as McCarthy said. At the G7 in Japan, President Biden announced a new round of military aid for Ukraine, a $375 million package that includes ammunition, military vehicles, and F-16s. Biden also announced new sanctions on Russia. More from Lydia Serrani on this weekend's edition of The Count. In a major policy reversal for Joe Biden, the U.S. and its allies are now planning to provide Ukraine with F-16 fighter jets. This comes as Russia continues to escalate the war in Eastern Europe, taking back territory in the Donbass region from the Ukrainian army, all ahead of Ukraine's counteroffensive in the region. Joining us now to discuss is retired Brigadier General and Newsmax contributor Blaine Holt, along with U.S. Army veteran and president at the London Center for Policy Research, Tony Schaefer. Welcome to you both. Uh, General Holt, uh, 
Biden, he's he's drawn a red line in the past and said he, that he would not send S-16 fighter jets. What, what's changed? Because that really does seem like a, a major shift. Yeah, I think there's a lot of strategy in play here. It's good to be with you, Lydia and uh, Tony, of course. But what we're seeing is right now the Russians are really pushing hard. They've just taken Bakhmut. Um, I know the Ukrainians are pushing back on that idea, but that's that's what's happened. Um, so the F-16s, uh, they're sending an overture of support to Ukraine. Will those F-16s make a difference um, now? No, they won't. There's a lead time of nine to 18 months to have those things operational. And so is this a strategy to try to get people to the bargaining table? Is this a strategy to try to put the calculus different in Russia? That's what I I kind of think it is. Um, but right now, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure that there's going to be a war when those F-16s are available. Wow. President Zelensky, he attended the G7 summit in Japan. Tony Schaefer meeting with world leaders with and he, he thanked the United States and NATO allies for the decision to supply Ukraine with F-16. Uh, he's been asking for them for, for quite some time. He has. Uh, um, Tony, what's, what do you think about all of this? Well, Lydia, as, as the general said, I think there's a great deal of gamesmanship at play here. Um, these are effective weapons in that they are part of a larger uh, military construct that you would use in what we call the airland battle. It takes time to run it up. It takes time to train, to, to engage and incorporate those into a larger military force. Uh, and Zelensky, look, uh, as Blaine and I spoke about this earlier, Blaine said to me, Zelensky's been relentless in his message on this, and he has. He's been very effective. But to what end? Uh, this is not going to make any difference in Bakhmut. It's not going to make any difference within the next three critical months of the war. So, again, I, 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 I am I am skeptical that Biden and his advisors have any idea what they're doing regarding how to actually make effective choices to help Ukrainians, if that's what the policy really is. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer on The Count, one of Newsmax's many great weekend shows, Saturdays, 5 p.m. Eastern. And on Dick Morris Democracy this weekend. Joe Biden is in more serious trouble, more than Republicans hope or Democrats realize. A survey of 1,000 likely voters conducted by McLaughlin and Associates from May 14th to 17th shows that Joe's son Hunter's involvement with China is severely damaging his candidacy. The survey shows that a majority of American likely general election voters now believe that some of, quote, the money Hunter collected ended up in Joe's pocket. The survey also shows that Biden's primary opponent, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is gaining on him and poses an increasingly real threat to his renomination. The survey also found that President Trump's run-ins with New York prosecutors have redounded to his benefit, even with Democrats. By 79 to 21, general election voters said, Trump's persecution by the left makes me like him more and more. The China issue is making Biden vulnerable, and the Kennedy challenge may be the punch that knocks him out of the race, just like it was when his fathers knocked Lyndon Johnson out of the race in 1968. 
That's political campaign consultant and former pollster Dick Morris. That same McLaughlin survey of 1,000 voters in a hypothetical matchup with President Biden shows Robert F. Kennedy Jr. getting 27% of the vote. Biden was still at 58%, but Kennedy is gaining a lot of traction among Democrats, and there is a long, long way to go. Dick Morris mentioned Hunter Biden and money from China going to the Bidens as an issue that voters are considering now. Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe, a member of the House Subcommittee on Weaponization, spoke with Newsmax about last week's stunning testimony from three whistleblowers on the FBI and the IRS. Hearing these kind of stunning allegations uh, to say that Biden was weaponizing and using the DOJ, using the IRS, what goes through your mind? Yeah, and these are all the things that are factually happening based on evidence from these different whistleblowers. Uh, I also sit on the Ways and Means Committee that is the chairman got the letter from that attorney last week. And I can guarantee you that that committee is going to get to the bottom of uh, those allegations. And if true, again, the IRS commissioner, commissioner stated on the record, the chairman asked him just a few weeks ago, are you going to retaliate against whistleblowers? They said, absolutely not. We will follow the law. And that's absolutely what's happening. Uh, so you have instances where Biden officials at cabinet level appointed positions are lying to Congress to cover for the actions of this administration. And the House, thank God, we're, we have the Republican majority and we can hold these people accountable for lying to Congress. I mean, you have a lot of people that say, look, you had Trump, he was raided. This one's raided, that one's raided. And we're still waiting around to hear if anything comes of the federal investigation into Hunter Biden. It goes back, what, what now, almost seven years. So why, did, yeah. why is this, I know this is a huge question, but why is there this blatant two-tier justice system, one for conservatives and one for everyone else? Well, we have a two-tiered system because the DOJ and the FBI have become the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party and completely and utterly politicized. And this goes back to the time when Trump was even running for office and they were using the FISA system and our intelligence system to surveil on the Trump campaign under a guise of Hillary Clinton's Russia collusion hoax that went on for years and years and years. And we now know that all of that was false, that the mainstream media peddled that fraud on the American people. And now the American people are starting to see how deep the level of corruption is and the FBI and the DOJ for years now, this has been going on. Again, that's Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe, a member of the House Subcommittee on Weaponization. And on Wake Up America Weekend Edition, a heated debate on the hearing and the whistleblowers with former Assistant Press Secretary Caroline Levitt and Dow Jones Market Watch columnist Ellis Hennigan with host Michael Grimm. Two of these agents were SWAT members. To get on SWAT, you have to be an unbelievable agent with an unblemished record. They had, a, you know, up until this point in their career, they were considered exemplary agents. Isn't that a bit strange? You see, here's, here's, here's the problem. When you run a committee like a political hit job that's supposed to be doing a, a fair investigation, you lose credibility. And that's what's happened with uh, Congressman Jordan in this committee. He's, he is not operating anything remotely like an effort to find the truth. What he's doing is advancing a very clear political agenda. And, and it's proven by the fact that he, he weighs so much of his case on two agents who have had their security clearances revoked. Did you hear that? Had their security clearances revoked for their, for Caroline, for their failure to do their jobs and go out and make an arrest 
be involved in a search party, gather the information that they're required to do as agents. You cannot, in a law enforcement organization, have individuals bringing their political agendas into the work of the, the organization. Is doing. These people 30, cannot 30 seconds left, Ellis. I want to give Caroline the last word. Just keep in mind one thing. Caroline, let me just set this up for you. So basically, Ellis is saying if you as an agent think that it's an illegal order, you still have to follow it because that's what the agent said. He felt there was no predicate to serve the search warrant, right. which would make it illegal. Caroline, last word. And this is a law enforcement agency that has undermined its own credibility. Peter Strzok, who opened the probe into President Trump, he said, there's no probable cause or evidence for this, but we're going to run it into the ground. You had years and years of a witch hunt based on no evidence, no probable cause. So I'm sorry, but that agency has lost all credibility with the American people, Ellis. You should open up your eyes and realize that. And if you want to talk about politicized committee hearings in Congress, look no further than the January 6th committee that didn't allow Jim Jordan or anyone who was friendly to President Trump to sit on that committee. They blatantly ignored vital evidence to the case of January 6th, which was a peaceful protest. This is not Get a better witnesses next time. Get some better witnesses next time. Fair enough. Former FBI agents that served on SWAT and served in the military testifying under oath. How much better of a witness could you get? Wake Up America Weekend Edition is Saturdays and Sundays at 7 a.m. Eastern. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott scheduled to announce his GOP presidential campaign today after filing all the necessary papers last week. Later in the week, we could see Florida Governor Ron DeSantis finally make his presidential run official. And the New York Post is reporting that former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, once a Trump advisor, now a staunch Trump critic, will also announce that he is running for the Republican nomination. And in other news, the man accused of stabbing four University of Idaho students to death is due back in court today. According to court documents, the 28-year-old Washington State University graduate student's DNA was found on a knife sheath at the crime scene last year. And Wall Street is bracing for more economic data this week. A bunch of retail earnings will be out as well. That'll shed more light on inflation and the economy. And, of course, keeping a close eye on the debt negotiations in Washington. And coming up later this week in Washington, actor Gary Sinise, a great American, and the Lieutenant Dan Band will play the Memorial Week concert in D.C. He spoke about it with Rita Cosby on Saturday Report. Tell us about this amazing concert. And, of course, this is basically coinciding uh, with, of course, the 50th anniversary also of U.S. combat operations in Vietnam coming to an end. The timing of this is so powerful. Well, right. Um, as you know, I'm, uh, every, every year I'm in Washington, D.C. for Memorial Week uh, doing the National Memorial Day concert, which will be on May 28th on PBS once again and then the parade of course, on May 29th, I'll be there. And I, but, but uh, and we're kind of featuring because of the 50th anniversary on the National Memorial Day concert. We're featuring our Vietnam veterans and uh, and particularly um, the return of the POWs that happened uh, in February and March of 1973. It's 50 years since they came home. We're going to have uh, 11 POWs on the National Memorial Day concert. But I wanted to do a little something extra extra to recognize this 50th anniversary. So we put this concert together, Welcome Home Celebration of Service for our Vietnam Veterans at Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C., Friday, 
May 26th. It's a free concert. We want as many Vietnam veterans to come as possible to know about it right there in D.C., May 26th. You can go to GarySiniseFoundation.org um, to see, you know, to click on that. That you'll see it, and you can order tickets. The tickets are free, as I said. Um, but it's going fast, and we, we, we feel certain that we're going to fill up Constitution Hall. So get your tickets, and especially if you're a Vietnam veteran, come and let us celebrate you. Let's have some fun with some music, and let us welcome you home. Actor, musician, advocate, philanthropist Gary Sinise on Saturday Report with Rita Cosby. That's Saturdays at 9 a.m. on Newsmax. If you are not already watching Newsmax TV, it is available on most major cable systems like AT&T, Comcast, DirecTV, Dish, Spectrum, and many others. It's also available on your favorite platforms like Apple TV, Amazon, Roku, Pluto, and more. And make sure you download the Newsmax app on your phone so you can watch any of your favorite shows anywhere, anytime you want, and stay up to date. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your day or night. We'll see you back here tomorrow in the meantime my friend keep fighting the good fight news breaks every minute every day you need the app the newsmax app find it free on your smartphone store then watch us anytime anywhere